0: Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. my mic, you're the fold. My guest today is uh, Willie Jackson, who is uh, an MP and a minister, and the, the Minister for Broadcasting and Media. Uh, he's also someone with a decades long, uh, multi dimensional career within the media. Uh, he's he's paid a, he sort of started out in, in, uh, in the music industry during and played played like a, quite a critical role at Tangata Records it's one of the most important uh labels in, in Maori music history particularly in terms of making it kind of a a sort of a pop building a bridge to pop with it and uh and we we talk a bit about that and his career in radio and in television and he really you know he came up through that that period where a he had to sort of fight 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 for Maori voices and representation uh, within mainstream platforms, while also building out infrastructure for sort of maori controlled media as well um, you know very very impressive career in that respect um, but one of the things that you know i I really like about uh, him as a figure in our in our sort of media history is that he 's very much a product of that era. Where, where you sort of got in a room and, and debated things. And, um, you know, and he, he sort of talks about that on the pod and we, we talked about it before, before and after too. And, you know, there are plenty of people he makes reference to this who are sort of ideologically quite different to this. Dude. You know, who um, if you look at his politics, his, his two different terms in parliament, he's very much a man of the left, a union man. Um, but he's, he's very comfortable kind of debating with... Uh, with with people from different sides of the aisle, and uh, that that's, I think that that as a broadcasting minister, the fact that he has that uh, ability to to find common ground with people from with with different perspectives is actually a really important thing at that role, particularly at this very specific moment in time when the government is merging. RNZ with TVNZ and bulking that thing out into to a, a new entity which is currently called Aotearoa New Zealand Public Media. I am certain that that will change. Uh, it, it must essentially because no one wants to be talking about ANZPM. Uh, so we, we talk a bit about his career and then we get into all of the knotty issues confronting the sector at the time. We talk, talk obviously about the merger and how, and particularly about how it will relate to, but the private sector media and the the sort of media that serves particular communities—Māori, Pacific, uh, Pan Asian communities—all of the uh, the different pieces that have the potential to be either smothered or elevated by this, depending on how it's wired. We also talk about the uh, Public Interest Journalism Fund and what he has you know, publicly stated thinks should replace it, which is deals between the technology companies and uh, the New Zealand news media. That process feels pretty interminably stalled at the moment, but he seems to be bringing a jolt of energy to it and there's, there's quite a substantial discussion about that in there. Uh, look, it's, it's an hour-long podcast, but if you work in this industry, you know should say. We talk about New Zealand on air, its future, how it's impacted by this. There's there's just a bunch going on in here and what I liked about him, he's not shy about expressing an opinion about uh, you know laying down a timeline and an expectation. It's just, you know, Chris Farfoy was, was much more in the mould of that sort of cautious, relatively safe uh, style, style of minister. Willie is a whole different thing and uh, yeah, it, it's a really enjoyable chat. So Please enjoy Willie Jackson on the fold mm-hmm. koe, Willie, koe. Welcome to the fold it's so good to, good to have you on here. Um, I wondered if we I mean obviously we're going to talk about ANZpm very catchy name, a uh, picture of New Zealand on there a whole bunch of things. but before we do that, like I actually want to kind of go through a bit of your career because it's I don't think we've had a broadcasting minister who's had such a kind of varied career within the media before before taking that role. Um, and the place I want to start is um, is with Tangata Records and, uh, you know, Time Management Moana, and, you know, that, that was a real generation of kind of strong Māori musicians kind of, you know, entering into a pop cultural realm. And, mm. uh, yeah, just, just share your memories of that time.
1: Oh, well, Tangata Records came about after I had um, I had been managing Moina between 86 and about 90. Uh, well, I managed it right till until we got divorced, actually. <laughs> 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 but then I stopped managing it. But, uh, uh, Interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd been managing one, and then there were other artists around, you know, there were that we were looking at. We had Heniwehi Mori, had Ima Paki, had South Side of Bombay. And and so um, I had a... Good mate, guy called Neil Crookshank, who had had this idea of tangata and, and putting it together, and then we had this cool dude in town called Tim Moon. I don't know if you know Tim Moon, but he was like the sharp shooter around. He's a good guy, Tim, real businessman, and uh, so we put together the the um, uh, one uh, we, the, the tangata record um, idea, and it sort of uh, it sort of took off. You know, it became the sort of biggest Maori label of. Uh, probably of that generation, after Māori, yeah, I don't know if you remember Maui, mm. that was Dalvanius' um, yeah. uh, uh, set-up. And Dal was a very close friend to me because uh, I helped him. He, he helped me in terms of managing Moana's career early on because he was the guy who knew everything and he did poor Air. E and and uh, um, and so it was off the back of that and it was just a, a humbling time to, to be able to bring Māori artists together and we had Moana, we had Emma, Emma Paki, uh, until Neil Finn and them stole her off us. Uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> no hard feelings. Uh, I mean. Now Neil came to apologise too, might I add, but uh, uh, you know, that's that's what happens happened in those days. We head south side of Bombay. He knew where he was We went off with a guy called Jazz Coleman. I don't know if you remember From Jazz. Killing yeah, 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 who yeah. moved over to yeah, yeah. Barrier or something. That's that right? right, that's yeah. right. And so oh, it was yeah. a real neat time and I suppose the highlight for us was when we did the Once Were Warriors album because uh, we were putting out songs like What's the Time, Mr. Wolf, and selling a couple of hundred um, Records, you know, or units, a couple of hundred units, and that, that, we put that out a couple of years beforehand. But once we, once we Warriors, ran and so Was ma- that going to number one around then? Or, once, or was, what's the time is Mr. Wolf? I don't know if it went to number one, but we went top ten. We went top ten. And, um, you know, everybody, you know, you put out a movie where all the Maoris are bashing each other and, uh, <laughs> you know, every uh, stereotype is confirmed. Uh, um, and, uh, hello, we, we go to the top of the charts. Ironic thing about that is, uh, uh, you know, I used to really hammer Alan Duff in those days. Um, yeah. Really hammer Alan. But he's actually become a mate today. You know, I'm actually working with him on a, a bit of a, pro, a project. I've put him with some people to develop a Uh, some of the ideas he's got for a follow-up to Once Were Warriors, but him and I have sort of become mates over the last two or three years, believe it or not, Uh, because because I suppose as you get older, you you get a bit more conservative. I challenged him about three years ago to support a mate of mine who's an MP over on the shore, Shannon Halbert. I don't know if you know Shannon. And I said to Alan Duffer, would you come to... uh, do a bit of a, a speech for Shan. You know, he's a gay, Māori. Uh, you know, I know you don't support those sorts of people. And he did. He came and did a, a, a speech for, for Shan in the pub. Got in a bit of a punch up with the cameraman outside, but we've sort of been mates ever since. I thought. You know, <laughs> I think that might have been our cameraman. <laughs> Actually, was it wasn't a spin-off. Yeah. That's right, that's right. That's right, it was a spin Yeah, because I said to Alan, gee, this is great. You filled the pub up. We're waiting for the story on Shan's uh, big evening, and all we see is you having a punch-up with the camera. So so Duffy and I have been sort of mates since then because I thought, well, good on you, you know. Um, and, of course, Shan became yeah, totally. the local, local MP. I mean,
0: it, it does kind of feel like... That's one of the beauties of being quite a small country is you, you can't help but bump into each other, and that helps. helps. Right, sure,
1: it was a spin-off cameraman, wasn't <laughs> so it? funny.
0: Um, so the, the other kind of big phase of your career subsequent to that was, was radio, both with, with Watia and then and also with, with, with Talkback, which, you know, I, mean, I think a lot about Talkback and how it, it had some of the functions of what social media had in terms of providing a mass-reach Way of just regular people kind of airing their views, except that it had a dump button. You know, yeah, like yeah, there yeah. was a good way of a little bit of a restraint there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, did, you, did you enjoy the medium? Uh, what is it about radio that made you spend so much time there?
1: I started on radio on a, on a with the first Maori radio setup was called Altioro Radio, and, and then um, uh, and then I worked in Mana Maori Media, and then I set up Waitia myself, myself and John Tamahiri uh, and then later on I in the uh, two thousand five or six I went to. Uh, radio Live, I got recruited into Radio Live uh, and and the guy who, who recruited me had watched my TV show, which was called Eye to Eye, and uh, and I loved um, the talkback radio. I've seen your analogies with uh, social media. I think you're being a bit unfair <laughs> <laughs> because I think that they actually do go through a pretty thorough process to get – I know you get maniac talkback, okay, so I do agree, but um, – they do. I mean, they, they, they really do work through a process. I know at Radio Live so many people wanted to be Talkback hosts. When John and I were on Shane Jones was oh, all I, on. I meant
0: more about the, the callers than the hosts, <laughs> honestly. <like> they, <laughs> you get some the cra- hosts of the
1: platform. Yeah, you, know? you get some crazy callers, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and, and I'll say this, that, um, well, you know, when when we went on to talk back, John and I, which was 205, I think, because we did seven years, Um you know, it was always the, the 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 area of the right wing, the mm. rednecks. You never really had lefty uh, talkback hosts, or partic- and you never had pro mildy talkback hosts. But most you probably ever had in the past, and probably the only one I could think of was maybe Pam Cookery. Mm. Uh, you know, but but if you think back in terms of uh, talkback hosts, you, they're always right wingers. is the Leighton Smith ilk, you know, who. Uh, Uh, And they so if you've got right wing hosts, then you attract right wing callers all the time. And so live went out on uh, they went out to the edge and like what John and I was doing. And so they chucked us in before. uh, or after Michael Laws, I think. You know, they chucked us in after Michael Laws. It's so a pretty different uh, kind of a leader. You home. can remember those days, you know. You know, you had... Uh, and then you had Paul Henry in after us. And I loved the live... What I loved about it was it was live. What I particularly loved about it was here was an opportunity to put Māori initiatives to the fore. And I always say to people... You know, um, if you, you over those seven years, we brought people like Hone Harawira, Tama Eti, Tetewhai Harawira, Donna Awatere, into the studio and on the airwaves. You never would have ever seen that in the history of New Zealand Talkback. I mean, normally right-wing hosts, would they're the enemy, right? Mm. They're the enemy. You know, you don't engage with the enemy. We made the enemy, I suppose, accessible. Sadly, we became the enemy in the end, but you know, that's another, you know, and then I'm really sad how it all finished for us because I think, you know, we we had an incredible seven years, and uh, um, and then I had another two, three years with Ali Moore after that. But 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 to have a pro Māori perspective on the airways was, uh, you know, was something I, I loved. And and and, uh, and and really, I've done a lot of things, you know, um, in terms of TV shows.
0: Yeah, talk, uh, talk about uh, your your t- TV time as well. Yeah. basically, what I, what I feel like you've got that you've got this career that that sort of spans. The peak of the old the old forms of media, and as we're moving to shape the new one, so I'd I'd like to get a perspective on that, and then we can start to talk about this next thing. Well, I mean,
1: and you got to remember that the media for me, of course, was always a sideline because my main work was uh, in my early days was union work. I was a union official, and then. That was my main work. I went to Parliament in 99 and then I was a broadcasting spokesman for the alliance between 99 and 202. And when I came uh, came out, I I set Wāti up and then became community CEO. So my main work, and, and and I don't really see it as work but it, I see it as a privilege Has been working with our communities. Media really has just been was, was a sideline, you know, it was just I'll do that on the side and then the whole thing blew up because I ended up I got ended up with three T V shows, which was eye to eye. Uh it's quite and, a big sideline. Yeah, yeah, What well, it became a big sideline it was good money too, might I add all of a sudden the sideline became quite a you know, quite a big earner in terms of um you had eye to eye and then I John and I had it. TV show, that was on TVNZ, and then on Māori TV I had my own show. Again, the the perspective in terms of let's go to eye to eye, Māori perspective. But also bringing in the left and the right wing. You recall the show, the eye show? I don't know if you I used to have all the national politicians come in and the Jerry Brownleys, the John Keyes. And, and they liked it too because they, they, they wanted to be um, feel comfortable about challenging Māori things without being called racist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we did six years of that. Claudette Hawiti was my um, executive producer. She's terrific. She's terrific. She's an old mate. She, she stood for the National Party. I don't know if you remember. She was the yeah. first gay, uh, uh, open gay person who stood, and then she, key got rid of her because she mucked up something. But she's working for a white today, in, in, in Parliament, you know, she's a, she's an old mate, a brilliant producer. And we had six years of this eye to eye. Now, the eye to eye was Bill Ralston's idea, right? Because he based it on the Ralston Group. Yeah, and he, he wanted a Maori version of it. And, and and that's how I to I came about. We had about 120, 130 shows. They were great shows. Judith was on it. Collins and Key and Brownley, and of course all the Maori rads. And uh, we had some great times. And, and and the whole thing is, let's debate issues honestly. This is this is real Kiwi. And it was in that time, of course, yeah. when Labour was running the. Um,
0: Sure, and CB. yeah, no, but also
1: labor was had that had that different set up in terms of broadcasting aren't yes. they, you know and we were able to do shows like that and then I was doing eye to eye and then the spin off was pardon the pun the <laughs> spin off was uh, uh, the the radio radio live stuff that John and i were was doing was really it was really good days you know where you were you able to uh talk about Māori issues and 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 really a contentious stuff and uh, um, a valuable days for me because and it complemented a lot of the work that we were doing in the community John and I was doing in the community
0: so it's it's interesting that you talk about that because I feel like that 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 decade. Was the last period where sort of mm. everyone was looking at the same thing? Yeah, you know, yeah. like like as soon as you got you know broadband and yeah, uh, we sort of started to splinter off. Yeah, into Yeah, Russell our Brown own.
1: and them doing all their
0: stuff. That's you right. Know? And they that's were doing right. Some
1: Russell and them were doing some good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. but but I guess that the the thing that that sort of happened subsequent to that is like you you to have to have this fracturing of audiences right. into different places. After
1: and, about two ten, two eleven. Yeah, home, yeah. That,
0: that's that's so that's my kind of thesis of it, and 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 ultimately. In that decade, we went from, everyone was just naturally exposed to public media, yeah, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. all of us were, were sort of in the same place, mm. you know, largely consuming so, some of the same things. Mm. And, and that kind of helped glue you together as a society, yeah.
1: I think. And, and people had their say. yeah. You know? So you had, uh, that's what Brown, I thought Russell's stuff was valuable. I mm. thought our stuff was valuable, you know, and, and people were having their say. There wasn't just one say. Yeah, you know, at, at the, also national radio. I don't know if you remember, they used to have Maori news in the morning. Mm. They used to have Maori language segments. That all got chucked out after two eleven, two twelve, too. So it was it was a fascinating, and, and you know, obviously I had beefs with national radio, and yes, you have. I've had beefs with them, and 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 TV because I, I, um, and you've heard what I've said. You know, New Zealand is more than one group of people. You know. It's, uh, and I'm not just talking a Maori thing. I'm not just talking a Maori thing. Oh, we've got a lot yeah, of different communities here. Right. You don't
0: necessarily see see all of them on our, yeah. uh, you know, the the biggest platforms. So this is ultimately, in some respects, what. What, you know, the backdrop to ANZPM, this merger of RNZ and TVNZ, probably the biggest change in our media environment since the introduction of New Zealand On Air. What is, what is, the, what is the intention here and, and you know, what would you like to see happen with, with, um, you know, out, out the back of this?
1: You know, I'd like to see a lot of what we had in that first decade. I'd like to see um, uh, more voices out there uh, People say, "Oh, it's just about the Maori voice." I says, "No, it's not. It's not about the Maori voice only. But obviously, I want to see that much more prominent. I want to, I want to see the Pacific voice. I want to hear. You know, Melissa Lee talks about the Asian. She's quite right too. Mm. I want, you know, like this is a different New Zealand. Uh, I know the opposition keeps saying everything's still the same. You know, they talk about." Oh, democracy hasn't changed, and all this—you know—they go. Oh, Willie Jackson uh, says that there's a new democracy. I, 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 I don't know why they keep trying to resist that, because c- clearly there was a new democracy from 1996 uh, when we, MMP came. Absolutely, in. absolutely. There's been a new democracy, you know. You, you and know? I think an
0: improved one in well, terms well, of well, representation. Yeah,
1: no, but they keep saying, "Oh, Willie says." There. I, I, I was thinking, why are these guys keep resisting? In '96, you had Winston Peters choose who the government was. That, yeah. that, that, that's a new democracy, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then you had John Key choose who was going to be the MP for Epson. Remember that? Yeah. Well, they've forgotten that. You couldn't do that under the old democracy. You couldn't get a and then. In the old democracy, yeah, this is, the,
0: the, the diversity of of what right. Parliament has lo- looks like and the way it behaves. Well, that's right, and, that, and we
1: need to mirror that in the mainstream media. That's what I'm saying because Parliament has become diverse. You yeah. know, you know, the, the new democracy gives us more women. We, we didn't have that pre ninety six. More Pacifica, more Maori. I want that type of. Um, uh, I, want that, I want that set up on, on public media, we want that on public we want more diverse, diversity we want more opportunity and if that means bringing our two entities together which is the plan and rationalising our, our money as is the plan and we've still got a bit to fix up there but you would have seen the, the figures we, we were yeah. talking about, I, I think we can do it and people actually like the principle the nets, of course are going oh everything's fine no there's no problem, national radio's great everybody's being heard, no everybody's not being heard everybody's not being seen and the other side of it is, you know, the the, the social media platforms are just, in my view, out of control. You know, you've got yeah, you've got people disappearing down rabbit holes now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They have anything they hear. I've got relations. Anything they hear, anything they see, oh this is this is the real well, deal.
0: But because they, they presented themselves as great places for that yeah. and they didn't have any vetting processes That's and right. people figured that out. And yeah. so I want to do a whole section on social media because I think it when we talk about media and we have a, we've got a minister and we've got all this legislation yeah, around yeah. it, we're always talking about this type of media, the type of media that we're creating now, that mm. and yet they, you know, the actual by far the bigger one in terms of its reach, in terms of its monetization, you know, our one's shrinking, their one's growing explosively, and we never really talk about it in a political sense. I, I do want to get into that. I think one thing that's that's really interesting to me, to me about. This is like on some level. I mean, what what you're referring to is ultimately a public media that services all different communities and different demographics, Mm. which which hasn't really been doing over the last ten years. But also
1: tell us what's what's the New Zealand story, Duncan? Well, well, that's what you've got to know. I think the New Zealand story's changed. I mean, what what were our best examples of the New Zealand story? Probably Country Calendar. Probably some of the stuff we did on Maori TV. What's the New Zealand story today?
0: But but that, but what I'm curious about is how you tell the, where, where that New Zealand story sits because the way that young people consume media yeah. is just so different now that, you know, building a website or building mm. a streaming mm. platform mm. will will they actually come and consume it because that is as big a piece as actually creating the content is how you distribute it. Because back mm. in the day, you just put it on TV, hundreds of thousands of people watch That's it right. no matter what. Now, you know, yeah. like 25 to 54, like there's – People, there's like 50,000 people watching a show now. It's yeah. heavily funded shows, and yeah. they're just not getting an audience. So well, what's your sort of vision for how this thing will be distributed so that it can make sure that it finds those people who currently get no public media in their diet?
1: I think we're going to – I think we're trying to find – the vehicle for that, I think that's that, that's the that's the thing because I think first of all we have to bring these entities together, then we get people. I I, I I've mentioned people like you. We need to bring some of the people in, you know. Gavin Ellis had a, has had a crack at us. At, at us. Good on him. Yeah. Bring him in, you know, because I like I like I don't know Gavin, but I've read some of his stuff. I read some of your stuff. We don't have all the answers in terms of how we reach them, but what w- what we know now right now is you got a pretty you've got a loose. Uh, um, set up, we've got a real loose set up. It's a shambles, really, and people can listen to anything and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we have nothing concrete in terms of what we're presenting a- a- as an entity, although National will have you believe that everything's okay. I think you bring it together, you bring in the. I- I'm excited by what's ahead of us. We've got a select committee process to go through over the next six months, looking forward to contributions then, there because there obviously are gaps in terms of this bill that we've yeah. put up. A- and guys like you will, f- will fill that gap because we've got to work out what the vehicles
0: going to be. So, so I'm quite curious about that because one thing, um, a, a contributor of ours, uh, you know, uh, Samson Samasoni, has, has written about the fact that there are, you know, some quite deep-seated fears within sort of like Pacific media. Will they get sort of monstered by this thing? Obviously, same goes for for Māori media too. How and, and you know, honestly, like our our, our kind of private sector media, we're, yeah. we're looking at the scale of this while we're shrinking and they're growing massively and going what what how will this kind of relate to us will it will it swallow us whole or will it be a thing that kind of reaches out and kind of you know has has relationships with with these other kind of media entities rather than just kind of just crushing them underneath it well you can't weight? you can't
1: you can't have that huh? you can't have it crush um, setups like Pacific Media or Māori media. I had the same fear from Māori media. I mean, I was the chairman of Māori media. And so I have friends who uh, run the governance side of a woman by the name of Fetufala. Fala. She's a very prominent Pacifica Māori. And, oh, this is the worst thing. This is before I became broadcasting minister. This is the worst thing possible. Because I think we all think the extreme, right? Uh, it's like we've got to... It, 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 it's like we, we want our independence... But with that independence, and that, that's what we did in Maori media. You know, we had this. I, I, I was I opposed the iwi Radio Network when it first started because I wanted a Maori national radio. That's the tension, yeah. right? Because
0: yeah. Labor often wants to build a big central yeah, thing yeah, 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 yeah. rather than have it be that, a bit that's more right. decentralised. right.
1: So, but in the end, Maori um, media did get. Uh, the iwi network, uh, and, and and I worked in, and in fact, I became the chairman of the iwi network, even though I said, oh, I want a Maori ne-. Anyway, I ended up chair, and then I understood why you, you've got to have your independence, uh, but you don't want it lost in one big model. That's the fear with the public entity. So I, I, I want to talk with some of our Pacifica brothers and sisters, because we have to put in protections there. Uh, the, the other side of it is we've got to... We have to stop talking to ourselves too. While we're talking to ourselves, it's really important, but we need to get those Pacifica messages, those Māori messages on mainstream. And, and right now, they're, they're absolutely minimal. You know, I was on Takarere two days ago uh, with Scotty Morrison, and I was saying in our language that, that dis, despite what Takarere does, the Māori uh, voice on TVNZ is, is minimal, apart from half an hour on a Sunday. So, so the same the same with Pacifica. So so I want to to see because I've done the Maori media review. I want to see the best of on mainstream, but I also want that autonomy maintained too. And, and I don't think it has to be either or. I think we can run both because that's how it how it's run before. You've you've had bureaucrats who said you just it's either this or this. I want both because they don't want to fund both. Sometimes you see.
0: I mean that's one of the the beautiful things about the internet as mm. as a you know. It's not a linear platform. There no. isn't really prime time to the same extent. Like no. you, if you make it all and you figure out a good way to surface it and distribute it, you can have it all. Uh, the, the The thing that will be will be interesting is like I mean, you were at TVNZ during the during the charter era. A lot of people felt like it was quite reluctant to have the charter, and as soon as Key gave them the opportunity, they were like, "Cool, yeah, we'll give that back and just focus on making money again." Yeah, yeah, How yeah. Will, are you confident that? the sort of cultures of TVNZ and RNZ can mesh and that that, that the commercial, the charter and the public uh, service broadcasting ethos and all of this kind of Māori tanga and everything yeah, else yeah, that you yeah, want yeah. to happen can all happen at once? That uh, seems like a lot. Uh,
1: am I confident it's going to take a bit of work? You know, I've talked with the Simon Powers... So. Uh, and I'm talking with Simon again next week. Uh, the Paul Thompsons. I've talked with our Maori experts. Of course, it's uh, you know if you looked at it from a distance, you think, oh, it's impossible, waste of time. It's like, but but the principle of it sounds good. You know, what, what, sure does. it sure but it does. But lots of principles sound good. <laughs> but 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 what's the option to continue how we're going? Because at the moment, uh, um, you know, radio is now not the most trusted source. TV is not. You know, the, the, so, you know, and and that's falling. Those audiences are falling. I think. What, what are the options? I think we can make it. Everybody. This is as you said. This is a small country. Lots of people have worked uh, on the radio side. Have worked on the TV side. You know, same in the Maori space. So, am I really confident? Uh, I'm confident that people Will give this a good crack I had a broadcasting minister I told him He said Please don't use my name He says he said exactly what you said. He says, it won't work. There's too many different agendas. I says, but do you like the idea? of oh, great idea, he says. <laughs> great idea. So it's about give,
0: give, giving it a try because the current thing is, is well, just well, not, it's, well, well, it's actually well, just completely well, look, inequitable, where, where right? Where are the
1: audiences going? Yeah. And then as well as that, what are they listening to and what are they seeing? We've seen terrible examples of that when, you, when we saw that lockdown in Wellington, in mm. Parliament. You couldn't, I couldn't believe some of the stuff they were saying. And, so and so let's talk Duncan. about that
0: because I'm, I'm really curious about, like, we we been talking about and and you know like the this this government and you know has been quite has had a real program of work around around media and across multiple kind of avenues that we have the broadcasting standards authority we have the um the uh like like you know we have multi yeah, advertising standards or authority standard BSA, you know, yeah. we've just got so many
1: broadcasting acts from eighty nine well, we've got
0: so much legislation yeah, and yeah. and yet over here we which which is ultimately about a group of media which is shrinking. You've That's got half right. as many journalists as we did in 2006. That's right. That's right. That's right. And yet, the the social media, which is exactly what you're talking about, a, a totally unregulated <laughs> yeah. environment where anything can be said... Well, they come and in after are, the
1: broadcasting act, didn't they? Uh,
0: and, <laughs> and so, you know, like, and we don't even, we don't have, I mean, who is the minister in charge of social media? Is it you?
1: Uh, I suppose so. <laughs> and we're trying, we're going through a whole content regulation review right now, and we're, and I'm waiting on some of the results, and we're working working that with uh, um, uh, Jan Tonetti in, in Internal Affairs. Uh, look, look, uh, there's a lot of things out of control, but I, I, I'm trying to bring some balance to it. Uh, I'm also looking in the next... Uh, yesterday I was meant to have met with um, Google. Uh, that's been put off till next week. They're itching to, to get in with me, and then I'm meeting with Meta or Facebook uh, over the next couple of weeks. I, I, I think you rightly bring up um, what's happened in this country because yeah. we've had a lot of...
0: Because it feels like
1: we're sort of tearing apart a bit. Well, look at the the amount of journalists now, you know. They've halved in the last 10 years. But it's not just that. You
0: look look at the occupation of Parliament. That's kind of unimaginable without a completely unregulated, Unregulated. unmediated information sphere that just... Sort of, I mean, those people were effectively suffering a mass delusion, yeah, um, were, or a number were. of them, in terms of things that they believed that there was no evidence to support. Is, are you going to sort of try and figure out a way to, like, or is that just out of control and we can't do anything no, about no, it? No, no,
1: I think, well, with this content regulation, we'll be able to, we need to bring a set of rules to the table, right? We, we have to. At the same time, you have to balance those rules with freedom of expression. You know? Yeah. Like, how do you how do you manage? People? Like, they'll say, "Well, we'll watch whatever you want to watch," you know. But what, what's the priority? It's, for it's us?
0: not so much to me about what people watch; it's about what they're exposed to yeah, and how yeah, quickly yeah, yeah. that goes very broad. You know, like yeah, that's right. And 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 because we have this, you know, and it's. The original sin is Section 230, the, the U.S. Yeah. law that says that you're not liable for anything published on these platforms. We don't actually have an equivalent here. It's yeah. never even really been tested. To your mind, like, should there be consequences for the platforms when they, you know, it's not to me, it's not necessarily about the individual. It's about the wildly profitable enterprise that it is distributing misinformation and disinformation.
1: Oh, I think that there should be consequences. And what should know? those consequences well, be? Well, that's what we're trying to work through, and you've got to balance that. You have to balance, like, like how do you protect people? That, you know, yeah. what, what's, what's, what's my job as a minister? Well, try probably to protect some, of, particularly young ones who might not have had the education that you've had in others. Yeah. They can't actually work out what's real and what's not real. And, 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 so, and these
0: these platforms, when they first emerged, yeah. presented themselves as great places to get I news know, and information, keep in touch with friends and family, and they became something very different, yeah. and they never announced that they were something That's different. That's
1: right, and there's no rules around them. Yeah. There's no rules around so them.
0: So when will we sort of see that start to crystallise well, into, into legislation? Well, in
1: September, we're waiting for uh, um, our final response, and then we're going to, uh, and I've said exactly what you've said where are the consequences here how and then you've got Because it's uh, profitable man oh, you know, even, like, even yeah. with the like, we have to step? be brave and courageous as government say this is the, these are the rules these are the consequences and if safety is the, is your first priority then that's the way we should be going because you know?
0: that's the way we I mean historically media has been a highly regulated activity in New Zealand you know like yeah. you needed basically permission to talk to a lot of people because it was considered almost dangerous that was probably a bit much for for what we have nowadays but it feels like to have this completely complete libertarian sphere over one side and one that's highly regulated on the other. That just It just doesn't...
1: Just remember, st- they Duncan, the Broadcasting Act we put out in 1989. So, so is, it, is it still so fit for purpose? Got, got, no, it's not fit for, fit yeah. for purpose at all. Um, we didn't anticipate all this. No, I don't think any of us saw the social media phenomenon coming. Where but it's, it's been but here take, for such a long time. It's taken over people's lives, yeah. and no government has done anything in terms of updating legislation, which is a challenge for us or for any government. And that's on uh, your agenda oh, now? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've only got Hopefully we've got another four years. Uh, <laughs> go, uh, but I would, I, I want to make that a priority. How do we update things? How do we protect people? How do we put some licence around what's happening in social media? We've got a Broadcasting Act that no longer is applicable. And, and you know, you can, anybody can say anything and do anything like your mate Sean Plunkerton. <laughs> well,
0: well, I mean, in some ways I admire Sean for no, giving yeah, it a crap. No, crack, no, you no, know? no,
1: good on him. Good um, on him. You know, and I've said that to so, uh, So this is, this is quite related
0: to that when we talk about the halving of the number of journalists. That's basically because the economic model that created journalism uh, particularly print journalism has sort of disintegrated before our eyes. Now in Australia they, they sort of saw that they, they, they made a judgement that, that was largely because Google and Facebook in particular had this ability to piggyback off the the presence of journalism on their platforms and, and make remarkable sums of money, and there was no ability for, uh, in their judgment, uh, media platforms to negotiate with them on any kind of fair basis. Mm. Now, there has been a sort of a looming consideration of whether that should happen here. When I speak to uh, Meta in particular, they're like, that Australian thing was a one-time thing. And I say to them well, you can't have a one-time thing in a, in a very closely linked economy that's right there. And we've got journalists in Australia now who are earning 40% more than here, and you're seeing New Zealand journalists now, the borders are open, they're just flooding across. We've, we've hardly got enough of them to begin with. So when, when they say that, which, which I'm sure they'll say to you, and when we look at the scale of the deals that were done in Australia, in, in Australia versus the scale of the deals that are being offered here, you know, do you think it's right that we're getting sort of 20 cents in the dollar at best um, of what they did in Australia?
1: That's... Um the type of quarrel I'm going to be having with them over the next couple of weeks, Duncan. You know, they—they—they—they're uh, trying to. I—I I, I know they're a bit irritated that I haven't uh, been able to face them yet. But I mean, I, I see what you see. I, I hear what, what you hear. We had the Commerce Co- Commission, say, for the MPA, for instance, to start mm. some bargaining. Well, that's why well, we're part of that public, right. collective but bargaining agreement. That hasn't they've got the no lawyers. incentive
0: to do it that's unless right. there's legislation. That's right. That's right. So is there legislation well, I mean, uh, coming?
1: You know, we have, uh, I, you know, Farfoy talked to them about that, you know. that. Um,
0: but I remember, like, last year I had Chris on, on this podcast and he said, by October we expect to see deals done. Okay. That was last year.
1: October last year? Yeah. Yeah, well, there are sort of deal, there are sort I of I mean, deal they,
0: they've made a deal with, with NZME. That, that's fine, public listed company. They, they're about getting a buck quota. Right. They broke away from the collective. Yeah. But for the balance of the industry, the yeah. ODTs, the community papers, yeah. and the whole point of collective bargaining is that anyone can join it. So that's your right. Māori media, your Pacific exactly. media can get amongst us. Who have all,
1: all suffered because of this. Well, and, yeah. and not
0: only that, but they, they, you know, if if the, 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 the spin off or stuff isn't. Able to bargain. Well, what hope do we have for these smaller operators? So, I see. I said
1: this the other day to my team. I said I've talked with Paul Thompson, National. That, that, that they're negotiating at the moment, but it doesn't and, feel and like I, a and, negotiation, and, 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 right? And I said to him, "How's it going All right?" And I thought, well, if the national radio is struggling, what, what, what hope for Pukakoi newspaper or, 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 or Yeah. yeah. So,
0: so I mean, and this is the thing that I sort of struggle with a bit is like all the incentives for them are to go slow, yeah, like yeah. like just drag it out forever. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, the other side gets exhausted or goes away. You yeah, you know, would you? Will you kind of make a commitment to actually not let this thing go? Because um, was this this industry has, I, I, has seen I hear,
1: this? I hear you, and I I absolutely feel the same way. Uh, I feel the same way as you, but I also have to show them respect and. Uh, you know, the, the, and Whafui and, uh, and uh, had a relationship with them, and I'm going to go through that process. But, you know, what you're saying is, is what people are saying to me all the time. But I, I think in terms of the legislation, you know, I think you only bring legislation in and, uh, if, if they can't cut proper deals with the industry and I want to see evidence of those deals you Mm, know Uh, I don't want to you know and uh, I've been told that that, that there's a lot in place I'm looking forward to it but um, I mean the reality is you know when, when, when they decided to do it in Australia you and I both know but the, the deals came very quickly. But right? yeah, it took the legislation. The legislation had to be right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And now, have we looked at legislation far? we would have told you that, that's something we have been looking at, it's, it's, it's a heavy hand to bring it in. Yeah. Uh, but Is I, it far I, away? Uh, look, look, uh, it, it, we have to... I have to go through this process with them and show them the respect because they, they've been adamant, they've been meeting with my people that they can uh, do deals. I, I know you're... you're well, look, they got the best lobbyists in, in, uh, in the country, uh, you know. I know you're a total sceptic, but, uh, <laughs> but am, there's some good people who are working for them who... Oh, there who, are great people working who I for trust, them, who I trust. but I don't
0: know if I trust the dude at the top. Oh, uh, yeah, know I mean?
1: well, I mean, you know, I couldn't possibly go there, Duncan. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I, you know, they, they know that... Uh, you know, I come from the... This is the background I come from. So I hear the small person. I've heard them. And, and if I hear NZME struggling to get a proper deal, National Radio struggling to get a, a, a better deal, then what chance for the small player? And I'll be asking those questions.
0: Right. Well, uh, I look forward to to hearing how that goes. Uh, you know, because you're right. They are they are good good people working there. But fundamentally, it's in their interest to just keep talking.
1: What sort of money but, do they make a month?
0: Uh, what, what, what What do you mean, Facebook?
1: Facebook, Google, Fa- Facebook, hundred twenty million
0: out of New Zealand yeah well that's the thing like yeah. they pay almost no tax here because yeah. they and, th- and that's the thing that really irks me there's like there's been money. this kind they're of digital colon- of yeah. they've digitally colonised yeah. us yeah. effectively you know like they've and taken they reckon all the news
1: attention doesn't, the latest I've heard is the news doesn't really drive well, they are trying, you've, you've heard that haven't you? Oh, absolutely the news, yeah. and they're, the they're trying not, to, to yeah. pull
0: news off the platform yeah. you know they, they've explicitly said that that they're just sort of slowly turning it down they, they, what they did in Australia where they just got rid of it wholesale obviously that yeah. didn't work very well but if you just slowly turn it down the just boils without knowing it. But I mean, is that what we want? Is no. that they're just, you can't even really distribute news no, on their no, platforms? No,
1: no. We, want a, we want a fair marketplace. We want to,
0: and you want yeah. an informed populace because yeah, yeah. people have come, they, they came in and they said you can rely on Facebook yeah. to get your news.
1: So you trust some of the people around Facebook? Well, I, I trust the people not, who
0: work in news, yeah. but, but I mean, they, they ultimately have very limited control over yeah, what the yeah. actual the algorithm is. Well, give us
1: does. A, give us a, let's, let's see how it goes right. over the next month or two, Don't Come back to me. All right, <laughs> I'm
0: looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. So, can we talk briefly about your appearance on Media Watch, which must have been quite a
1: oh Media Watch, yep. <laughs>
0: like you know <laughs> Colin Peacock,
1: yeah, with Colin Peacock. How did you how did you enjoy that? You know, like I was disappointed with Colin. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong, he's a top journalist. I was disappointed because I see I sit here like I'm with you, and I I said to you at the start, ask me any question you like, and I said the same to him. Anything you like, anywhere you want to go, and uh, and we 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 would have done we were. I'd, we would have did forty five minutes easy, and uh, uh, and he said, I said, you got any other questions? No, no. Then I listened to the um, the interview, and the interview was okay, fine, I suppose. Everybody said the interview was fine, but he cut me up for seven or eight minutes before the interview, and I thought, gee, that's disappointing. You know, I didn't put a complaint in about it. He can do what people can say whatever they like, but I just find that a bit dis- disappointing. And he found different parts in my career, like his whole thing is, you're so confrontational blah, 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 but uh, I'm an advocate for our people. I've been an advocate for Māori, I've been an advocate for working class people, not just Māori too, as a union official. So most of my working life is about challenging uh, the establishment and so uh, he doesn't seem to get the, the hang of that, he just wanted to pull out different parts of my a career where I've uh, had a, had a bit of a scrap here and there, and, you know, when I was on national radio with Carol Hirschfield, which I, I was... Look, I was fine with that if he had told me. Mm. Uh, well, you, can you, you,
0: I mean, you do seem to, like, enjoy the discussion, I right? like debate. the debate, and if you yeah. want
1: to have a crack at me, have a crack at me to my face, but he, he never did that. He just cut me up for seven or eight minutes. Then he played our interview, which was, you know, it wasn't a bad interview.
0: So one of the things that you said on it was that... Uh, you didn't know any Māori who listened to RNZ, and I, I'm, I'm sure that, that was, on some level, a l- little bit of hyperbole. But that is a, you know, a relatively commonly held view that that it, it has an older and whiter audience. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, what what happens if you build this new public media entity? Yes and no one shows up, or, or, or the same audience that's already getting well served shows up, what's, what, what's the response?
1: Yeah, that'd be, that'd be disappointing. That'd be disappointing. I mean, when I see that, I was exaggerating, but my wife listens to national radio too. And, you know, people who are in the game, they listen. There's a few Māori who do, but generally they don't. And, it, and, and it's going to be a challenge to get them on. But I think if you get some of, you know, one of the things with national radio, and I know, listen to it. And I, uh, uh, all the time, um, and I like Paul Thompson very much, and I think he's made an effort in terms yeah. of Maori programming. But he's still they're still way off, you know. They're still around about two percent. And you know, I um, you know, I, I, my disappointment with them was they cut the Maori programming, they cut Maori news, they cut Maori language, and they don't have Maori presenters. Mm. And I always said, look, in over hundred years, you don't have a Maori presenter in prime time. They've got Maori now at midday, and I just think if you know, imagine if we, we get some of the uh, the best of Māori in there, whether it's Amani or Julian Wilcox. and you, you, you know our people might start listening if they hear themselves or yeah. see themselves, you know, or see themselves too. Uh, and balance, you know, I imagine if you, you've got a Mihi Forbes uh, on there. And Which we,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, because they had her and and she left because well, when I mean, she couldn't get
1: on, she couldn't make it, she couldn't she, she couldn't get in there. And Mihi's she's, she's an extraordinary she's, she's, she's just a queen, you know. Yeah. She's my mate. You yeah, I mean, we've been mates. For many years, so she had a, I mean, you know, mates who's had a crack at me every now and then. i yeah, should I'd hope She so, took me know. to the BSA once, you know, <laughs> her and Annie Annabelle. That's all cool. You know, that's uh, that's us in our world and we work together later on. But me, is, you know, when you have extraordinary talent like a mihi Forbes, Julian Wilcox, you know, they, they show, now Julian's doing the Mouldy show on national radio. I said to him the other day, well, what are you doing that Mouldy show for? I want you to doing Morning Report, you know. Uh, and Julian worked for me. You see, you work for me at at Tier, and and so, I just so want to see a total you, change. Yeah, you know?
0: well they've got a they've got a so Susie Ferguson is leaving yeah, warning report too. Yeah. But um, we will Would you like to see, would you be disappointed if it wasn't a Māori voice that got, because these these slots don't come up very often. Oh,
1: I'd love to see a Māori voice in there. I mean, I've been, I've had that view for for many, not for me to tell them what to do, but I've always had that view that why not grab a Māori voice, you know, and and, uh, we've got so much talent, hey, whether, you know, whether it's a me or uh, you've got uh, Marnie at midday I mean she's doing really well uh, Julian who's doing afternoons why wouldn't you grab a Māori voice you see that's why I said in the past why couldn't you get someone like a Derek Fox or, or someone we a you know and, 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 and I think National Radio have slipped I know they had Carol produ- um, overseeing things and her and I, I mean, she's been friends with me in the past. I don't know. I haven't heard from her since we had that interview. But <laughs> but anyway, she's been an old mate. She was one of my producers. But 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 I never saw the, the talent coming through, and I never saw what we when I challenged that national radio, and I have no regrets over that. They took it hard, but people take criticism hard. What they have what they did since then, of course, you would have seen all their parkour presenters. Saying Maori phrases, which yeah. is
0: great, and then they and they use the yeah. uh, Maori names or well, the uh, place great. names and the weather the, and so on. And that the, matters. The, yeah. It does not matter. But the
1: challenge wasn't about getting the park to talk Maori. the challenge was about getting, <laughs> getting, getting Maori programs on and Maori presenters. Although I support all the park presenters having a crack at our real. It's well well done to it's all, all of them. Necessary, but it's not sufficient. Yeah, but as I said to Paul it's not. You know, they're saying I'm here for and Dan to make it our Lovely, uh, and that was a, that's a cultural change and that was important for them and they've had a lot of complaints about that now we want to see our people in there we want to see our here our language we want to we want to see our people uh, as well as um other groupings too because that's really important too and uh, um and, and so you know it's a big arse, but i think that 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 it's possible and um and you know they have that, they, i mean they have such good interviewers you know when, when you look at Corin and Guy, and when he's on and these are good people Susie was very good you know
0: yeah, no, they're, 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 there's... Catherine
1: Ryan, I think she's really good Kim Hill's too. pretty good. Isn't she good? Well, yes. Kim Hill's the best. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a Kim Hill fan, you know. I I, think I mean, you're was. a
0: fan of the, fan of the, the media, which is great to have in your, I think in your Kim, world.
1: I think Kim's great, you know. I mean, I think Hoskins can interview. Oh, he's, he's very good oh, He's R2. very good. He doesn't like me at all. But you got to
0: respect game, you
1: know. Oh, no, I respect the game. Hoskins can interview. Top interview. Plunkett's the same too. So,
0: um... The, the w- one thing I wanted to talk to you about is um, so w- before we got on there you you were talking about Leonie Hayden who was oh, was editor of Mana magazine and and the founding editor of uh, Arte on the spin off um, yeah. very good friend of mine and someone you admire one thing that she has persistently identified as a as a a failing within our kind of media system is you know. They're just there. Are you just reeled off a long list of wildly talented Maori broadcasters? Yeah. Um, because there has been a major start, state participation. In broadcasting that's focused on Māori for some time. And, and you know, you've, you've been a major participant in that ecosystem. There has not been anything like a similar system within print. And as a result, Māori writers, journalists who, who work in that medium haven't had the same opportunities. And it's why she had – it took a – like, basically, we found a, a wealthy private individual who was the sort of – who, who basically allowed us to start Aotea. Um, shout out to Peter Cooper for um, for for that his generosity there, but you know it's still really high. even the, the PIJF, a little startup which which is, looks like it's got, it's going to come to an end. Twenty twenty three on Twenty twenty three. You know, what, what, this new system, whether it's ANZPM or, or whatever happens to New Zealand on air, and I want to talk about them shortly. Is there any way that 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 sort of imbalance where you know, if you're a, a young, talented, aspiring Marty journalist, yeah. there's a whole bunch of funded roles over here, and there's basically nothing over on the print side. So you're naturally going to gravitate that way. Is that something that can be addressed?
1: Something that's all I've always thought about for many, many years. As I said, I came through Munda um, Media with um, Derek Fox and Gary Wilson, and uh, Gary Wilson set up the first um, Marty journalism setups in the uh, in the late 80s, I think it was, the early 90s, and uh, late 80s and You know, Māori journalists have always – it's always been an untapped area. I think mainstream has been pretty useless, really, in terms of the way uh, they've uh, um, looked at Māori perspectives and Māori stories. It's
0: always been like like a sort of another ring. Yeah,
1: that's right, that's right. Now, the the best thing they could do is bring in Māori journalists, and you did that, I think, with Leone, and you guys have tried things – you know, um, that's why you had Itangata uh, was set up by, Gar- by Gary Wilson and Tuppymissa. Ter- terrific what that what they did, and uh, um, uh, and so, still do. Oh no, they they still do, but you still you know, like we we things are changing slowly.
0: But there but they almost needs to be a deliberate identification yes. that this is a gap yeah. and that right now it just doesn't sit anywhere, as far as it, I it, can tell. It, it, well, it's a real... do don't really find print. Like, no one really touches it, it, print journalism, even though that has really collapsed into the numbers.
1: In my Māori broadcasting review, yeah. um, I'm, I'm trying to, to find a way through on this because what we've had in terms of Māori broadcasting was always the total priority was the Māori language. Yeah. So you've got Te Māori, Māngai doing Māori language. Mm. You've got New Zealand on mm. air funding Māori programmes. <clears throat> I, I, I get offside with fundamentalists because I, I keep saying it's not just about the language. It's about the Māori story. Yeah. What is the and, Māori story? And the play story?
0: Māori don't, don't have the and, language and, 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 and they need, still need right. to be fair. So a
1: Māori story about... Leone's life or something, half an hour, you know, about how she changed her life. That would be incredibly interesting. But also,
0: like, I mean, half an hour. You know, you you immediately go to a broadcast framework rather than 4,000 words. Do you know what I mean? I
1: know, and the written side is something that needed a lot of support. And, um, but is it going
0: to get it under this yeah, new well, framework? Well,
1: we, I need to find a way because, as I said, to honour people like Gary Wilson, who, who who said the same thing to me many years ago, John Tamahidi and I were going to actually fund a um a new magazine with Gary mm. Wilson in 2013. You won't believe this it was all set to, to to start. We put a lot of our resourcing in. And then Roastbusters came along, and that was the end of the magazine. <laughs> yeah, I, know, can, I can imagine that. Yeah, well, we were going to release that week because uh, we were going to fund Gary, you know, and uh – but I, I don't think that would have been the time to release the Māori magazine, you know, back in 2013. So seeing as you brought it up,
0: let's, let's quickly touch on, on Roastbusters. When you, you know, that, that is a very uncomfortable interview to listen back to. to you know, it was uncomfortable at the time. Since the way that societies have evolved subsequently, it, 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 it remains more so now. How, how do you sort of feel about that, um, that episode, looking back on it from today?
1: Oh, it, it's the biggest regret of my broadcasting career. I don't have many regrets. It's, it's, it's probably just about the only regret, really. Um, it, it, because, well, first and foremost, you never want to hurt anyone. Uh, that's not our style. That, that was never... And people might not believe that of John, but he, it's not his style either. We work with women. We work in domestic violence areas. So. We run domestic violence programs. And so that, that's, that, that's why I always... Even though we never knew who that person was because um, they never identified themselves... First and foremost, you don't want to hurt anyone. And that's why I apologise then and have apologised a number of uh, times since. And, uh, yeah, it's just... uh, uh, I, I think it was an example, too, of we weren't even concentrating at the time. We were just sort of half listening and... It was about uh, getting towards, it. it just shows you, you've got to concentrate all the time when you do this job. You uh, did have from. the
0: feel of, like, like talkback can have this kind of laid-back, mm. um, provocateur yeah, sort yeah, of we style. Yeah, you were find devil's
1: advocate stuff. And, yeah. and
0: so often you're just dealing with yeah. basically some some pretty low-stakes material, yeah, 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 and then suddenly this thing comes along that is as serious as your life, and it didn't oh, feel like yeah. you flipped. And,
1: and I was disappointed, and I, and I remember, t- you know, I, d- I wanted our women particularly to understand that there was nothing... Uh, mentor, or, and and our all our women who were around us, uh, or they know us. So, you know, we we made a mistake. It's not something we did. That's not what. That's not us. You know, I, I mean, if that was me, Ali Moore wouldn't have worked with me for the next three years, right? She's the no, queen she of the <laughs> me too You know, and me and Ellie and I. Are very, that's not us. I support women one hundred percent and women's rights, and uh, um, I did equal pay for. Work. I worked with the Clerical Workers Union, for instance. But it was just a. It was a. Bad moment in our time, and we weren't concentrating and uh uh and we hurt we hurt uh, and we hurt a lot of women i and i it was a terrible way to finish our our careers It was uh, well him and John and I mm. finished together because uh, we had seven years and it was such a great seven years, and for that to, you know like we won awards. It, it, for me, it remains the the best part of my broadcasting life. I get I get more responses off the work that John and I did than I have as a minister, than I have as a CEO, than I have, have had as a record boss, as a TV host, uh, as a minister. You know, it's incredible. And so it was a terrible way to finish, um, and I was glad to work for another three years afterwards. But it remains a major regret. What I find interesting is how people, uh, um, some people say that they'll never forgive us. I'm thinking, really? Really? I, yeah. I, I see that pop up, uh, up on... It doesn't... Uh, I, I mean, I've, I work with murderers and rapists. I've worked with... Uh, my mother, you know, for, like we find ways to forgive them uh, and we work with them and we rehabilitate their lives. And you're going gonna, gonna to... I'll never forget that. And the, the, the one one stuff up... It uh, defines us, but you can forgive maybe Paul Holmes for um, talk, talking about cheeky darkies. Yeah. You can. can I, I, yeah. I think
0: I think that you, you you come from an era and represent mm. a paradigm that is, you know, it, it, it is more competitive. It, it's it's comfortable, kind yeah. of engage much more engaging with people that you disagree with and and with 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 forgiveness and. I feel like there was a brief brief period where that went a long way out of fashion. I think it might be coming back. I'm just conscious that we've got...
1: It's all good, but I I think it's also that was a time, too, where, you know, that Roastbusters was all over the media, and I think that... We cop that, but I do say that that, that you had talkback hosts who had uh, totally violated our people. Give oh, it, gave, gave it, away, was, it was routine. Gave was gave routine. away our people's phone numbers, home numbers on online. Holmesy, who I was a big fan of, goes and calls Kopi Anan a cheeky darkie, and, and and but I like Holmes very much. All of them are forgiven. John Key's forgiven for pulling people's hair, but for us, we're we're just the scum of the earth for forever and a day. I think I've worked event, that uh, out because I tell you something: we spend our lives. Helping people, yeah, and I think that that's a it's, different. It's, it's, it's a ledger; it's not just yeah, a single yeah, data like, point. That's right.
0: So, so the the one entity that we haven't talked a lot about that is very pertinent to to the ANZPM is New Zealand on air, mm. which is is seeing it's. We haven't had this confirmed, but it's like you know, if you just take away. TVNZ's funding and, and the RNZ funding that was effectively passed through income, it's suddenly a lot smaller. And it's still got its, st- its staff. It's still got its same challenge. It's still got, there's still a beauty in the idea of a, of a decentralised, distributed public media uh, that, that can kind of you know, fill a lot of those holes that might exist otherwise. What is your sort of view of the future of New Zealand on air? And does it just have to accept that it's a lot smaller now?
1: Oh, I've, I've met with Ruth. Couple of, about three weeks ago, and she the asked chair me, of, Yeah, uh, yeah, reval- yeah. And look, let's be clear. I mean, obviously, and she she just wants it on the table. Well, what, what's our future? Because
0: they, they've got a plan. They got they got staff uh, that's that, right. who are thinking that, like, about this very and she, intently.
1: And she and she says, well, and she's right. You know, like, you can't just say nothing will change because that's been our line, right? Nothing will change, nothing will change. But if $40 million changes, that's that's quite material. That's right, that's right. So I think we're going to find that out. I, I really respect what New Zealand On Air has done. But when you go into a direct funding model, right, as we're going to do with a new entity, obviously there's going to be some effect. Obviously there's going to be a clash and a conflict. And I think that our establishment board... We'll, we'll work that out. And I see to Ruth, I gave her a commitment too that we're going to, let, let's just keep talking here because, you know, you, you, you've got a hole in terms of funding. There's obviously consequences that will happen. Is, that there, is there definitely
0: going to be a hole? Because there has been some conjecture that they might, that, that there might be some, you know, because if you, if you imagine that the, the, the current TVNZ funding has gone. Yeah then suddenly that, that sort of contestable budget is now quite slight. And there are some things like drama and even some That's kind right. of bigger budget comedies that almost become, and certainly those telly features, they're almost not plausible in a $60 million budget.
1: That's right. Well, I don't think uh, that is confirmed at all, all right? There are still, um, you know, there's still... What would really you like, like to see? Oh, I th- I'd like to see both entities uh, working uh, together. Uh, and also, I, I think that... I think budgets, of course, are, are, are the... You know, the budget's going to be always going to be the big telling factor, you know, every, every year. I think that um, we have to confirm things a bit more for the broadcasting sector. They don't want to be coming every year, like... And also... With, you know, you don't, we don't know if we're going to be the government all, to, all the time. So we want to put something in place so that both entities can complement each other. And I think that, that, that's, that's the key. Um, I don't think we really know yet. Because the establishment board and, the, and we have to get through the, the next six months in terms of the select committee process, you note that we lengthened that select committee process out. You know, initially, we were talking about having this up and finished by the end of the year. But I decided, along with officials, that let's take it out to the end of January so that people can really um, feed into time it. time. Yeah, to, give it to time. To, yeah. if, I think if we're going to rush it through, which... Uh, you, you know, it wouldn't have been right, but we're, we're on target still, um, and I think we we just we're in a sort of unseen area in terms of the funding. You would have heard of the type of funding that we're going to going to put in, but but you know who. Who knows, you know, in terms of how commercial revenues go, what we've got to top up, all that sort of... There's a bit of a void there. But I I do know that we have been challenged by... I have been challenged by New Zealand on air. I think that's fair, and I want to be up front with with them in terms of where we're going. So we're sort of finding our way with that.
0: Uh, So one of the big sort of signature... Uh, elements of this government's engagement with media has been the public interest journalism fund. It's a weird thing, right, where it's a a considerable sum of money. It was well-intentioned. It's not been uncomplicated. Anything that you start isn't. But it's really become a lightning rod for a segment of the population as proof that the media has been bored off. This is a real talking point. <laughs> That's what Plunkett and them are saying, right? It's what Plunkett's uh, Hoskins. saying. Mm. Hoskins, uh, uh, Acts, the Taxpayers yeah, yeah, Union, yeah, yeah. Uh, and not they, they might not be saying it in in, in, in so many words. It's a, but but certainly their supporters. If you yeah. look on social media, yeah, it's yeah. rife yeah. and. You know, concomitantly through COVID, which is actually a time when both government and and media had a really difficult job to do, we've seen trust in media crater. uh, And... You know, when you look back, on which is, makes this already hard job, both economically and, and the actual practicalities of it, even harder. When you when you look back at the the PIGF and start to contemplate what might replace that that sort of revenue and ability on the other side, you know, potentially through through these kind of settlements, how do you what do you sort of make of it and how, how it's rolled out?
1: Well, well, I think it's rolled out really well, and you know, we've been able to get groups who, who haven't had support, groups who have been affected too with what's been happening in terms of the whole reduction in, in, with regards to journalists uh, and, and that voice has been uh, um, invisible. You've got groups like Itanga, so Mihi Forbes and Annabelle have, have had Māori um, uh, journalists. Uh, uh, they've got Māori journalist training in place. I think it's been excellent. We've got, we're got we talking 55 million. We'll be through the money next year. I think the challenge now is how are we going to replace that? Yeah. That's why these deals with the the big players, the Googles and the Metas, is, is, is really... Um, uh, uh, really important uh, uh, going forward in terms of uh, the, the um, media being bought off. I'm uh, sorry, the government be you know, buying off media. What a load of nonsense. I, I ma- think it's, ma- it's ma-
0: manifestly nonsense. You, <laughs> like, if you went through and looked at the coverage, you'd be like, man, if if this is what we get for buying them <laughs> That's off, right. well, you know, I, I
1: want a refund. Do you really think these Māoris who, who, who I've been part of uh, uh, cut me any favours well, sometimes? Just, just look
0: at the coverage.
1: I just know. look at the coverage. But what I would say is that, like,
0: that that corrosive element of it, and particularly the involvement of social media, uh, which, you know, has, on the one hand, it's kind of, you know, a lot of the advertising revenues which used to fund media are now sort of functionally going there, and yet... You know that that's also where the trust erosion has happened because people have been saying things on there which don't. But...
1: Well, well, I mean, look, there, there's always little bits of things that that are, that are true. You know, like if you look at the application yeah, sure. into, that New Zealand on it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, New Zealand non, yeah, rolled out, they talk about the treaty and all yes, that sort yes. of stuff. And and look, they might have, might have gone a bit too far. You right. know, I think they're trying to do the right thing. Yeah, and that's I, interesting I, and, yeah, you say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because I've talked I've talked to them and I said, you know, but I think they try. Yeah, people yeah. just trying to do the right thing. Will they roll that out, and I, and I says I wouldn't expect because. Sean and them go, you've got, Sean Plunkett will say you have to swear well, allegiance d- 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 to d- d- the treaty,
0: you have to do that Every well, time I speak to him, that's the first oh, thing he say says you know.
1: not, I don't want that. I don't want them. I want them to understand the treaty, but I don't want anyone to swear allegiance to the treaty. I want them to be editorially it independent. it needs to be sort of a an right? Absolutely. Mm. And so they, they, they might have gone a little bit far in those areas. We can fix all that up. We should fix all that up. But if you really think that some of these news groups are, 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 are totally loyal to us, Duncan, you're in la-la land. I'll show you some of the stuff that Wate has done where they've hammered me. and they've, you know These are my mates, for goodness sake. You think Mahi Forbes and them will show us any slack? She took me to the broadcasting standards, for goodness sake. You know, so it's a load of nonsense, and it's Sean and them and Hoskins and them playing it up, and it's been a great investment, and we need to replace that $55 million somehow. And so that's why negotiations with the tech giants are really important, and, um, and we as a government have to continue to treat this area really seriously. A
0: couple of very quick questions to close. Firstly, in terms, can, can I get some? I, I feel like I'm suddenly like a, a breakfast radio host or something here. <laughs> but I've been talking to to your, your predecessor, Chris Farfoy, and to, you know we've been talking about this for a long time. If we're here in a year's time and there are still no deals signed, how, what, what you know, what kind of a time frame are you talking about in terms of you want to see something in place?
1: The next, I want to see something in place over the next three to six months. Right, so by Christmas, kind of thing. Well, you know, we've got, you know, let's have some. Let's have some deals. i because I'm, I'm, it's in their interest to drag it out. Yeah, it's and in their, their interest and, to drag, drag it out. You know, and that's uh, why I think uh, you're yeah, having a firm line. Yeah, that's right. Is you talk about legislation, that's always in our back pocket. Far we would have told you that. Chris yeah. would have told you that. That's not. But it might need to come out of the back pocket. That's not a, <laughs> You want that, of course, Doug. That's your that's your option. But but you know, if we can set up good deals for everyone, which yeah. oh, they, are, they are saying to us that they'll do, yeah. then then that's the way we go. You know, um, the, you know, it's not our preferred. Uh, that's it's not our preferred option, but they know, because Chris Farfway has already told them, legislation is always an op- option, uh, but, but I'm not going down that track at the moment.
0: So, and, and finally, uh, maybe it's a little bit cute, but we, we've listed off a whole bunch of, you know, we, we've been talking all this time about the, these kind of great kind of journalists and combative interviewers and broadcasters, and you were one of them until very <laughs> recently, right? <laughs> If what would Willie the broadcaster, if somehow you could split in two and and we're assessing your performance as broadcasting minister and if, <laughs> you know like and, and sort of what what kind of accountability like what what would you what would Willie the the broadcaster make of Willie the minister so far?
1: Well, what do you make of of me? Well, I'm, not, been, I, I'm, a, I'm not like, you. <laughs> it's, not, it's not for me, don't no, you? Well, it. I like the
0: fact that you're willing to to really get in and kind of address some of this personally. Yeah. And um, that is a refreshing thing. That's not common from a government that is, you know, most governments very reticent to, to make any kind of commitment because they might be pinned down. But um, But I am curious about... You know how much that that the fact that you have been that person informs the, the way that you're conducting yourself well, in this my, role. Well, my
1: style is, doesn't change. You know, I, I like to meet people. I like to challenge people, challenge organisations. Despite what Mr. Peacock tried to make out, I'm not a bad-tempered uh, uh, person who gets into scraps with, their, with with everyone. But I don't mind a scrap. But uh, uh, but but that's not my preferred way of uh, um, of working. I like to work respectfully with people. Uh, and then if you reach a point where where you're going nowhere then I I will always challenge. That's how I've operated through life, as a broadcaster uh, as an advocate for our people as a union official and uh, um, you know he he, he tried to paint some sort of a picture of me being ill- disciplined. I was disappointed with that, you know. Given that we had a a good inter- interview, you know, you, you've met me. I, I, I'm up for I'm up for a bit of a challenge. Yes, you are. And, and and I like that. That's how I operate. And and I can actually get on well with people with different views all the time. Uh, guys, Simon Bridges is a. Real example about. Well, we actually well, have to finish this well, interview, a, he can so Coming in then take he's over the studio. You know, and him, he's a good man. We have different views. You know, might go on Jerry Brownlee's podcast. He's a good man too. There's very few people I won't get on with, but uh, but now and then, if you have to have a, a scrap or you have to walk, then so be it. I don't have a problem with that.
0: <laughs> I, I sense that. Hey, thank you so much for <laughs> coming on this podcast. Well, it's well, been well done, a lot to spin of fun. off.
1: You guys are going really well.
0: Really appreciate, Kilda, <laughs> Kilda. <ora. laughs>
1: The Fold was brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network, together with Daylight. It was hosted by Duncan Greve, produced by Tihe Butler, with production management by Rachel LaRue and series production by Jane Yee. Kia ora e te he Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off.